And so turn with me to Genesis 37. We're going to talk some more about uh, unlocking your dreams. And, you know, we started with these keys last week. And so the first one was supernatural love. And got the supernatural forgiveness. Supernatural holiness. And then the next one we get into is supernatural possibilities. I mean, you have to have supernatural possibilities to unlock your dreams. Because your dreams is go, is go, like what dreams does, dreams don't, like a dreamer doesn't live by the status quo. And so a dreamer doesn't live at the same pace as a regular person. And so your dreams go jump ranks, like it's go jump levels. So in order for that, you got to have this key of uh, supernatural possibilities in action. It's just not going to be something that academically you're going to be able to figure out. Like your dream, like the dream that God has given you is something that you're going to be able to figure out by what you know and what you've studied and what you've learned and what you've experienced in life and what you can feel and see. It's just not going to be able to be registered or recognized that way. It has to be something uh, that the Holy Spirit enlightens you that God has really laid out for you to live. He's really laid out for you to walk this thing. And so if you only look at the dream that he has given you as something um, whimsical uh, 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 from a fantasy world, then you won't truly be able to walk into it because you don't truly believe that it's possible. Because you believe that it's something that he didn't gave you or said or he didn't spoke that it's something that sounds good or something that's off in the distance somewhere, but it's something that's not real to me right now. And so we're talking about Joseph tonight, but I, so just make sure we're talking about Joseph tonight that you don't get stuck uh, in a historical setting, that you don't look at what we're talking about tonight as a history lesson about what happened to Joseph's life. Like too many times, you know, in the Bible, when we read something, we'd be like, oh, that's good. That happened for that person. And so we'll read a story and we'll go over something. We'll be like, well, that happened there. That was good. Praise God. Amen. And we'll leave it where it was. But tonight, Joseph is just a pointer to you. Like he's a sign. He's a signal showing you exactly how you go walk and how you go function. And so this, this so, you know, Joseph, he wore the coat of many colors. And so the mantle that you receive ranks higher than that coat of many colors. So I don't want you to get stuck thinking about his coat of many colors tonight. As pretty as it may have been, the mantle that you're wearing is above his coat of many colors. It weighs heavier than his coat of many colors because his, his mantle that he had came before the cross. So anything that was before the cross it, 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 it pales in comparison to anything that comes on the other side of the cross. And so what comes on the other side of the cross? You came on the other side of the cross. Right? I need y'all to wake up tonight. You came on the other side of the cross. And so what happened before Jesus uh, came on the scene, is just, it just doesn't even amount to what happens once Jesus has came on the scene and has ascended and has left something for you. And so now this mantle that you have, it ranks higher than Joseph's coat of many color. And so to get you to understand, because I'm going to break it down, uh, hopefully the Holy Spirit let me get to it so I can break it down Sunday, because I thought I was going to break it down this past Sunday, but I just didn't get there. Uh, but break it down to where you see that as great as Joseph's coat was, the coat and the mantle that you're wearing is far superior and far greater than that. And so to look at it in a vacuum, we, we're going to see, like, how great his mantle was. But in, the, in looking at his mantle, say to yourself, what I'm wearing is greater than his coat. you got to know that what you're wearing is greater than the coat that Joseph wore. And so no matter what obstacle or what opposition he faced, the mantle that he was wearing caused him to succeed in whatever condition, whatever situation that he found himself in. And so if that coat could have Joseph flourishing in favor like that, how much more can the mantle that you're wearing have you in a far better condition than Joseph? Because Joseph ain't had Jesus. 
Joseph had Jesus. And so now how do you view Jesus? Because now if you think his coat is greater than your mantle, then that means that you don't view Jesus in the proper right. You don't really view Jesus as you say you view Jesus. You don't really esteem Jesus as high as you esteem him if you think that the coat that Joseph wore is greater than the mantle that you have. And so as, as, great, as great as this coat is, his daddy put it on him. Let him know that you was my favorite son. You my favorite son. And so despite all of that, his coat, despite going to Potiphar's house, despite being sold into slavery, despite prison, despite going to Pharaoh, everything ex- allowed Joseph to excel. And so now we can't get stuck up on the path that we go, the path that we go on for our dreams to come, come to pass. And so let's go to this next key. Supernatural favor. You got to operate in supernatural favor. Supernatural favor will cause you to reign and rule in all your situations. And so this next key, you, you, you must know how to partake with this next key. Supernatural revelation. Because you got to have insight. You got to have light. Because dreamers can't walk in the dark. Like you can't be a dreamer and you be bird boxing it. Like you just don't know where's what. You blind, but you just walking around in the dark not knowing what it is that you need to be doing. What it is that you need to be operating in in this moment. Because we have to understand the moments that we're in. And so we can't look at a moment uh, as something that it's not. We have to understand that this moment is not the whole picture, but it is where I am right now. And so how I handle this moment will determine how my next moment happens. And so I can't be looking to the next moment. I have to be looking in the moment that I'm in right here, right now. And so I can't belittle this moment or look down on this moment. I I have to allow this moment to be what it is. And I have to be who I am in that moment. I can't allow that moment to have a higher rank than me. I can't let let what's going on rank higher than I do. I can't let let what it's saying to me speak louder than what I speak to it. And so we have to understand the moments that we're in, and we can't allow those moments to uh, turn us into thinking that it's something else, to thinking that the promise that God gave us isn't going to come to pass. Because that's all the enemy wants you to do. Like, he wants you to be distracted. He wants you to be deterred. He wants you to be, uh, he wants you to doubt the very thing that God told you. Because if I can get you to doubt, now I can get you to not believe that it's going to come to pass. All it takes is a little seed to grow a tree. And so now if I can, if I can just put a little doubt in there to where now this happened like, dang, I thought God said this. God did say this. You got to know what he said, and you can't let what the situation is telling you say something contrary to what he said. So if he said this, it don't matter what this saying. Because I know what he told me. I know what he spoke to me. I know what he showed me. And so what he showed me, so, like, so God, you know, we said a dream is, uh, is something that God, it's a movie that God has written, directed, filmed, and produced for you. And so the key word there is has. Like, this isn't a new thing that he has to come up with. This isn't a new idea that he has to conjure up and figure out what he wants to do. The the dream that he has for you is something that he's already thought about before you were even here. Because so now we go, all right, let me skip ahead a little bit. Jacob. Jacob himself was a dreamer. Remember Jacob, he was the one, Jacob's ladder, right? He saw the, he saw the angels going up and down the ladder. And so he had a dream. And so God told him that he was going to bless him and his seed. And so now his seed is coming up. And so now, I don't know what, how God is going to make this dream come to pass, but I know what he told me. 
And so it don't matter what happens here or there. I know what he said. And so before Joseph ever had the dream, Jacob had a dream. And so it didn't, like God didn't just come up with something once Joseph got here. He had what he planned for Joseph way before Joseph got here. And so when he spoke to Jacob about his seed, Way back in the 28th chapter of Genesis, before we even get to chapter 37, before Joseph even come up and have a dream, he already had already planned a dream that he had for Joseph. And so, so now when we talk about dreams, a lot of people, they, they just don't get it. Because everybody not dreamers. As much as we want to be like, you know, no, we all this or that, everybody not dreamers. Because Joseph had the dream and his brothers, but his brothers... They wasn't dreamers. They was a part of the dream, but they wasn't dreamers. They not the one that God had the special plan for to do something for him. So now you can't think of your will or your dream being something. Uh, you can't think of this dream being something that's, that's, that's yours. Because the dream that God's giving you is not your dream, but it's his dream. It's something that he wants to fulfill in the earth's realm, and he says, yo, let me use you. Because Joseph had the dream, so he wanted to use Joseph, not for the sake of, you know, Joseph is just this or that. Or Joseph come to church every Sunday, or Joseph, no, it's because I have something that I want to do in this earth realm. And so you've put this coat on this boy, and so now you've marked him as your favorite seed. And so now I'm going to use your favorite seed to bring my will in the past. And so now I'm going to give this dream to Joseph. Because now if you've marked him, then that must be something about him that's similar to you. And so, Jacob, you're a dreamer, so now you've marked your son, you've marked Joseph as a dreamer, and so now I'm going to give this dream that I have for you and your seed, I'm going to give it to your seed now. And so now, let's, go, let's read it. go to Genesis 37. Verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren. And they hated him yet the more. So it's, it's already understood that they hated Joseph. But once he, once, so, so the dream would just make people uncomfortable. Because you just go to talking about the things that God is going to do, and people, they just don't want to hear what you're talking about. And so Joseph, they already hated Joseph because, you know, they sitting up there at the table and stuff, and now, you know, Jacob go and he can say, go get this robe. Let me put this, let me put this coat on this boy because he's my favorite. And so now you got this coat. That's step one. I'm already, I'm already hate you now. I already don't like you. Because you got a coat that ain't none of us, the other, rest of us ain't got none. You the only one walking around here flossing in this Versace coat. Like you the only one. Where is our coats, daddy? And so now I hate you because you got a coat and I ain't got a coat. And so... Now we read, and Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brother. So now he told his brother's dream, and now his brothers hate him even more. And he said unto them, Here I pray ye, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheep arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about, and made obeisance or bow to my sheaves. So it's just like Joseph, man. It's just like a dream, but they just don't, they just don't care about your feelings. Because what God has placed on me, uh, it's just it's something that I can't, I can't just contain sometimes. Sometimes it's something, sometimes it's something that I should contain, sometimes something that I can't contain. And so that's why we go to this other key further down here. This key of supernatural silence. Because sometimes you need to shut up. Sometimes you need to shut up and stop telling everybody everything. But the thing about it is that Joseph, he, he, didn't, have, he didn't have no hate in his heart. 
he didn't have anything against his brothers. He just wanted to share with him the things that God had showed him. And so now, in uh, all your sheep, they stood around. My sheep, the one that rose up and stood upright. All yours, they stood around, but they bowed to mine. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. So not only did they hate him for his dream, but they hated him for his words. Because a dream would just talk different. You got you to gotta believe that this ain't, every, this ain't every night, you know, sitting at the table talk amongst family for him to be talking like this. But dreamers, they just got a different kind of conversation. They got a different kind of talk. They got a different thing that they want to get out that God is doing and God wants to do. And so now I just want to let you in on what God is going to do. And so now if his brother's heart would have been right, they would have received it a whole lot better. But they hated him even more. So they hated him for the cult. They hated him that he had a dream. Then they hated him for the dream that he had. Because once he told them that he dreamed a dream, they hated him more just for telling them that he, he dreamed. Don't nobody care about your dream, Joseph. We out, here, we, got, we out here in this field, we got work to do. Nobody care about your dreams. So I hate, you for, I hate you for your coat, and I hate you for having a dream, and I hate you for the dream you didn't have. Because now in the dream you didn't have, you didn't made it seem like you above me. You didn't made it seem like you better. But Joseph never said that I'm better than y'all. And then it is, he just told him what the dream was. So in your own sight, how you looking at yourself? So how the people around him was receiving the dream is different from how the dream came to him. And so he's not responsible to make them feel good about the dream that God gave him. So it's not your responsibility to make people feel good about the dream that God gave you. You, you can't be going, you know, rubbing everybody back trying to make them feel good about the things that God is doing in your life. Because if God is doing something in my life, whether you like it or not, that ain't my business. That ain't got nothing to do with me, but everything to do with you. So you got to check your heart, check where you at, check why, check why, find out why this making you so mad. Find out why what God wants to do is making you so mad. Why, why is it bothering you that much? Are you mad because you're not a dreamer? Are you mad that you're going to be in the dream, but it ain't your dream? Like, what, what is it that's bothering you or that's making you this upset? To where you hate me three times. That's a whole lot of hate. And so now we go to verse 9. And he dreamed yet another dream. I can only, I can only feel more hate coming. And told it to his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance to me. So now he's up in the sun. Oh, Lord. First you said your sheaves were standing up and we was bound to your sheaves. We were the sheaves and they was bound to you. But now you're saying that the sun and the moon and the 11 stars, so obviously we the stars, all of us going to be bowing to you? Well, that's the second dream that you didn't had, Joseph, where you got it to where we bowing to you. So what is you trying to tell me? I'm just trying to tell you what, what the Lord showed me. And so now <laughs> we go to his father. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him. No, but Joseph the dream, Jacob the dreamer. He can relate to Joe. He know, he know what it means to have a dream from God. And so now, but he rebuked, he was hot. Just imagine your, your, your kid coming up in there telling them that you go bow to him. This is, this is you as a parent. Your kid say, you know, I had this dream. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, you walked up 
Uh, it was this is a regular day. You just walked up and you got on your knees and you bowed to me. You'd be like, boy, if you don't go sit your tail down somewhere. But his daddy rebuked him. He said, I'm there, you know, what you mean? I'm going to be bowing down to you. And said unto him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to you, to the earth? And his brethren envied him. But his father observed the saying. Because his father had a memory of what the Lord told him. And so now I don't like the way that this dream sounds coming out. Because you're telling me that me in whatever age I am, I'm going to be bowing down to you. And I'm the one that born you. I'm, I'm your father. And so now I don't like the way you're saying it, but now once I really sit here and let it soak in what you're saying, I can remember the dream that I had. I can remember seeing the angels going up and down that ladder, and I can remember the words that God spoke to me, saying that he was going to bless me and my seed. And so now, here is confirmation of that same word that God gave me. And so now, <laughs> it's a dream within a dream. It's like inception. It's like a dream within a dream. Because now, Joseph's dream is inside of Jacob's dream. The fulfillment of that dream is about to take place in the dream that he had. So now, as Jacob, I don't know how God is going to do this, and all these years go by, but I still remember what he told me. I don't know how he's going to bless my seed. I don't know how my seed going to be like the sand of the earth. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how. But I know what he said. And so what I'm not going to do is let go of what he said. No matter what life situations come up, no matter how much time goes by, I'm not going to lose and let go of what God told me. I'm never going to forget what he showed me. I'm never going to forget the words that he gave me. Because God, we said it, God is a promiser and a performer. If he promised it, that's, that's, that's money in the bank. You ain't got to worry about nothing else. If he promised it, he's going to be the one that's going to perform it. So I don't know how he's going to perform it. Jacob sitting up there. I don't know how he's going to do it. But I do know that he's going to do it. And so now when you have a dream, it's not about how or when or what. It's just that you know that it is. You know that it's going to come to pass regardless of what happens. And so now, let's look at some of these other keys. Because Joseph, he had that mantle on him, right? He had that coat on him, right? And so now, we uh, turn to uh, chapter 39. Another one of these keys is... Supernatural attitude. You just you have to watch your attitude and you have to be conscious of it uh, in every moment. So now you can't think of a moment as something regular or something that doesn't matter when in actuality it matters the most. How I, how I respond to this thing right now is the thing that matters most in my life. Right now, this is what I got. So right now, how I respond to this matters the most. And so you can't be up here being a grouch and complaining about this and that. You have to stay in the mode that a dream that God has given has to come to pass. So then you got to function in supernatural patience. Because we go read chapter 39, it seemed like everything that could have been thrown at Joseph, was thrown at him, yet still, he went through every single facet, not, and so now, you know, I just got this coat, man, and so my father's giving me instructions to go out here with my brothers, and so now my brothers, you know, they won't get rid of me, and so they won't fight me, they won't knock me, and so now they won't throw me in the pit, so now they won't go ahead, no, let's not just kill him, let's go ahead and sell him, let's get some money for him. 
So now they want to sell me into slavery. And so now I could let all of that sour my grapes. I could let all of that uh, make me bitter. I could make all of that, have, I could have offense with all of them for that. He had good grounds to be offended with each one of his brothers. Because ain't none of them step up and be like, no, we're not selling our brother into slavery. But all of them was like, let's get these coins. So he could have been bitter, he could have had resentment, he could have been offended with all of them. But yet, he kept his heart right. No matter, no matter where he went, he kept his heart right. No matter if he was up in there uh, in Potiphar's house, well, this woman kept trying to make advances at him. And yet, he went and ran from her, and yet she lied on him. Because now it's like, yo, I, I, I'll say, now, nah, you know, I've been sold into slavery, but now I found favor. God has granted me favor. So now Potiphar has made me the head of his whole house. And so now we see this is only a prelude for what God has planned for Joseph. And so you can't let a situation make you feel like this is the dream. That you know ain't the dream. Because his brothers ain't coming bowed out to him as a slave in Potiphar's house. Even though, you know, I'm the head, I'm ahead of all this. I run all of this. Potiphar gave me control over everything but his wife. He said, I'm, I'm free to do whatever, whatever, but he ain't never say, you can have my wife. You know, customs, the customs back then was just different. People, people, people won't talk about R. Kelly now, but R. Kelly was regular back then. He was regular. He's just an average priest of Pharaoh. He's just, he's average, he's an average man. Everybody was doing all kind of stuff back then. Like, it was just some other stuff. And so, but he said, but he didn't give him his wife. And so now, even though I know where I stand with God, I know the promise that God has given me. I'm not going to let this woman lying on me make me feel like the promise that God has given me, the dream that God has given me is not going to come to pass. Because after that, you know, it's like, dang, bro, like, I just got this coat, but then I got sold into slavery. Then I got bought by somebody, and so now, all right, I'm headed to his house, but I'm still a slave. And so now, you know, but I'm, I'm in a good position as a slave. I'm head slave. I'm a house slave. I'm a house slave. I take care of, you know, everything. All the other slaves answer to me. And so he put him in that position. So now, I done been sold into slavery, but now this woman then lied on me, and so now I've been thrown into prison. No, I got this coat, and God gave me a dream. But it don't look like this dream is coming to pass. He had every right to go down that train of thought. But he kept his attitude, he kept his heart the right way. He didn't let all of these divine delays turn into a devil's disappointment. He didn't let these things that was coming up deter him from the dream, from the promise that God had given him. Because, let, let, man, let, we, we, so we had Papa's house, we had the prison, but let it would have been three more things. Oh, we were like, hold on, two's enough. What he went through was enough. But what if there was three more things that he went through? Don't want you to look at your life tonight. How, how, so, we can't, so we can't look at things that come up as uh, a testament or as a verdict for what's going to happen in our lives. We can't allow a situation to tell us that the thing that God promised us, the place in God's will, the place in God's vision, the place in his dream that he's placed us in, that he has us a part, a part to play in, is not going to come to pass because of what this situation is doing. Because now, Jacob, I mean, Joseph is going to prison as an accused rapist. You know, in prison, they don't like people. They mess with children and mess with women. 
So it could have it could have went really, really bad for, for Joseph. It could have went really, really bad. It could have went sideways. But God was with him the whole time. Because no matter if they took the coat off of me and they cut it and they put blood on it, it was only a sign of what's really on my life. So I don't need to be wearing a physical coat for this anointing, for this favor to rest on my life. I don't need you to see something physical on me for it to be a sign to you that something is different about me. So I ain't got to go find no hat or no, no special thing to be like, no, this is, this is a sign that I am the called of God. This, no, I am a dreamer. I'm going to need to make sure all of y'all know I'm a dreamer. So I'm going to give me a hat that says dreamer. So when you see me with this hat, you know I'm a dreamer. You lose a hat, then what? Oh, Lord, I lost my dream. No, you still are. So it's not about the, the physical representation. It's about the knowing that one has about what God has placed on them. So now we're talking about this man of God's glory. It's not about whatever you think it is. It's not about something far off in the distance. It's a knowing that has to take place individually. You got to know that you're wearing something on your life, not, not next year, but right now, that puts you in a different category, in a different position than the people around you. Than, than what you was last year. You got to know that there's something different on your life. You got to know that you're wearing something different that people, no matter how they feel about it, can't do nothing about. Because can't nobody stop a dreamer but a dreamer. I don't care how much they don't, they don't like you, they can't stop you. I don't care how much they talk about you, they can't stop you. I don't care how much they pray for you to fail, they can't stop you. That's witchcraft. Don't nobody want to hear them, them witchcraft prayers. You can't pray that over me. You especially can't pray it to God. You better pray to somebody else. Because he's the one who gave me the dream, so you can't go to him telling him to stop me from having He He's the one who gave it. So how you, how you go to him telling him, you know, God, don't let them do that? I'm, I'm the one who told them, stupid. So it just don't matter. They can do whatever they want to do, but I am standing in the resolve that this thing will come to pass. This dream that God has given me is sure enough going to happen. I don't care if I got to go through Pilotsville House. I don't care if I got to go through prison. This thing is going to come to pass. It's going to happen. And so, there, so there's, there's three things that tries to, to stop a dreamer. Satan, the system, and self. You are the, man, the only person who can stop the dream that God has given you from coming to pass is you. You're the only one. I don't, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. Joseph's brother, they hated him. They hated him, hated him, hated him. They didn't envy him. They tried to sell him into slavery. It was like, you know, you had that dream? Let's see how that dream works with you being a slave. Let's see you bow it down, serving somebody. Let's see how we go be bowed down. We don't even know where you're going. We don't even know where you're going to be at. But even all of that, no matter what they wanted to do, couldn't stop the dream from coming to pass. It don't matter. The only thing that could have stopped Joseph's dream from coming to pass, the dream that God gave him, is if he would have accepted something contrary to what God showed him. So if he didn't have the heart of God, he sure would have shot at Pablo's wife. He sure would have. Because I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't view God as this guy who loves me and has given everything to me and for me. I don't, I don't value the relationship that I have with him, and so now I can go do this thing. So he would have just went on ahead and did that. Or when he, like, when he got into prison, because, you know, dreamers, they can interpret dreams. 
They, not, they don't just dream a dream. They interpret dreams, too. So he could have had, had a stank attitude in prison. When they came to him talking about, you know, I got this dream or whatever, he could have been like, cool, go have your dream then. Like, I ain't got nothing to tell you about no dream, because I had a dream. My dream don't look like my dream coming true, so I don't want to talk to you about your dream. Dreams ain't real. He, he, he could have been a lot of places. He a lot of things could have stopped him from doing it, but it would have been him accepting something different from what God said. Nobody else but him. Because he could have sure been in that prison talking out the side of his neck about this and that. He could have been talking against God. Joseph would have died in that prison. But now, so hold up. So now God's dream don't get fulfilled? Nope. It do. It's just going to be somebody else. So you could, you could pussyfoot and play around with the dream that God has given you. But if you don't do it, Somebody else will. So you could think that, you know, God, so I got this infinite amount of time to go ahead and execute this dream and make this dream. No, no, keep playing. Keep playing. I, and I'm not trying to scare you. <laughs> I ain't trying to scare you. It just is what it is. How much do you value the dream that God has given you? How much, how much do you value the role that he's placed for you in his vision? But now you know you think it's something. You think it's something else. You think it's you think it's a business or an idea that you came up with that you saw somebody else doing. It was like maybe I can do this thing. You know, I like I like trees. Maybe 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 I'll start selling Christmas trees. If that's not the dream that God has given you, then it's something that you came up with, and that you can figure out how you can accomplish it. And so now, it's not that important to you because you came up with it. It's something, that, it's something that you thought about. And so now, you don't, you don't even view yourself in a proper lens or a proper perspective. And so now, you don't even attack that dream the right way. And so now, the dream that God's giving you. What does that say about that dream if you ain't attacking that dream? If it says if, if it says about you... How you feel about you if you don't attack the dream that you didn't have? What does it say about you if you don't attack the dream that God has given you? What does it say about how you feel about God? What does it say about how you feel about his will, his vision, his dream? Oh, we, you know, no, my dream. You said, I thought it was my dream. I thought it was mine. Turn with me to Job. Thirty-six and eleven. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. You have to be obedient to the dream that God has given you. You got to use these keys to unlock that dream. You can't just be out here living any old kind of way, doing any old kind of thing, and expecting the dream to be fulfilled in your life. Because otherwise, how much does that dream really mean if you could just do whatever and it come to pass? If you could, if you could put it below all these other things that you want to do, and it still come to pass. What kind of dream is that? What kind, of, what, kind, what kind of dream can you prioritize number 13 and it come to pass? How fulfilling is that? What kind of dream is that? What kind of weight does that dream have? It can't be that big of a dream. It got it, it to be something real small, real ineffective, real unproductive, Real, it's not beneficial to anything. It's just something that you can hang your head on and say, I did this. God's dream is way bigger than that. It's way bigger. And so now, how, how can you yield to that dream? How can you yield to the dream that God has given you? If he, 
Because if God, man, if God didn't written it, directed it, filmed it, and produced it, because if he, if, if he gave it, then he didn't want to perform it. So the production credits go to him. You're not going to be no kind of producer on the end credits. You only an actor. <laughs> In this movie, you're just an actor. You're just a star. But he didn't wrote a movie for you to be the star, and you still don't want to be the star. You want to go keep watching Denzel now. And Will. You won't, you won't keep watching all these other people. You won't keep scrolling on Instagram watching all these other stars. Watching all these other people's lives. And not living the life that he has designed for you to live. You won't, so you, <laughs> are you a dreamer or a dream watcher? Are you a dream or are you just somebody who is reduced to watching somebody else's dream? Find yourself tonight. Locate yourself. Because a dream, a dream that God gave you is not something that you go sensically or academically be able to achieve. It's just not. There's no way that Joseph could have gotten his dream <laughs> from God and decided, you know, I'm going to take this route. I'm going to go into slavery. <laughs> I'm going to go into prison. I think, I think that's the way that I want to go. You know, we, you know, we, won't, we won't pass, <laughs> go, collect $200. <laughs> we won't take the easiest route that we could take. When we, when we on GPS, which one is the fastest? Which one ain't got no traffic, ain't got, we out of town, which one ain't got no tolls? Because I don't want to pay, I don't want to pay these $2. Which one of these routes go get me there and ain't going to take all of this from me? So, ain't no, ain't no way. You could say, you know what, no, Joseph, yeah, ain't no way. If you was Joseph, ain't no way you would have chose slavery and the prison. Ain't no way. I don't care how religious you think you want to be. There's no way you would have chose Potiphar's house and the prison. Ain't no way. You would have been like, all right, God, you want me to do this? All right. What's, what's the fast? How can we speed this up? What's the fast track to get here? Can we tomorrow? Can I walk to Egypt now? Like, what can, what can happen to where we can speed up this process? But sometimes God wants to put you in a setting to where... He separates you from everything you know. All the people you know, all the people you can lean on and depend upon, all the people that you can, you can find uh, some kind of counsel in, he wants to separate you from all those people so where now it's just me and you. You ain't got nobody else. It's just us now. All, all the people that you thought could get you to this place, you ain't got them no more. You're not, you're, not, you're not sitting there with them no more. Whatever route you thought was going to take, nah, not just me and you. Now can you really trust and depend on me? Now can you really believe me at my word? Now can you really believe that the thing that I promised, I'm able to perform it? But no, 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 God, keep me in the midst of my family. Keep me in the midst of my friends. Keep me in the midst of all the people that I think love me. Keep me in this comfort zone and get me there this way. You have to be removed from your comfort zone in order to bring this dream to pass. I don't care how comfortable you think you are. Because you ain't really that comfortable. You ain't really that comfortable. I don't think, I don't think we really understand comfort. Not, 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 not earthly comfort. You can go ahead and say, Yo, I, I got comfort in the Holy Ghost. Cool. All right. We're talking about earthly comfort now. You want to talk about your comfort zone. You know, people, they, people quick, boy, they will quick throw them religious darts at you. 
No, I have comfort in the Holy Ghost. I know true comfort. We're not talking about that comfort tonight. Talk about your comfort zone. The, the setting that you're in where you feel uh, the most at ease or the, the place that you feel like you can speak more, that you can be yourself more in. That, face that, that space that you kind of cool at just being cool. Not really doing too much, but just, you know, everything is going pretty good. Everything is cool. That space. He got to remove you out of that in order to get you to this place. Because you got you to remove from that comfort zone into a different comfort zone. To move into his comfort zone. To where all you do have is that comfort of him. So now you don't have all these people in your ear telling you how you can get to this place that he's promised to bring you. All the people tell you, no, no, if you do this, no, if you go to this event, you go do that, you can hook up with this person and this and that. And he's just saying, just come to me. So now if you got to get removed from your comfort zone, you got to be, please believe. You go from one minute to having this colorful coat on, being deemed the favorite son, to being a slave. That's real uncomfortable real quick. But no, no, we want to we wanna take it, you know, slowly, slowly. You know, God, get me out of my comfort zone in the next three to five years. Let me move at this, you know, this tortoise pace. Trusted and dependent on you. Cause I, I like it here. I know I could, I could you know, I, I know I could do these things. I know I could pray this prayer, and I know I'll be good. So I like it here. I don't really want to extend myself outside of my comfort zone, even though that's well. The fulfillment of your dream is let let me work let me work myself up to that. Let let me get myself in a place to where, you know, I could I could get there. Even though you really want to get me there right now, let, let me go at my pace, God. Let me take my time. I trust you. I do. I trust you, God. I love you with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, all my strength. But just give me some time. Just, just, I, I, I know you said do this. I know you said this was going to happen, but I'm just not there yet. I don't trust you. I don't trust you that much. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say it to him, though. I'm not gonna, no, I trust you, God, with all my heart. I trust you with everything on the inside of me. But I don't really trust you like that, though. Because if I trust him like that, then my actions will show it. Because if you, if you really trusted God, like, you just jump. But no, no, we, we want to hold on. You know, I, trust, I, trust, I trust your God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. Everything that's on the inside of me, God, I love you and I trust you. Okay, that's cool right there. That's cool right there. No, I trust you, God. I do. I do. Hold on. Let me just, hold on. I'm coming. Just give me a second. Give me some time. Let me, let me, let me. I got some, I got, I got some things. I got to work on me. I got I to gotta work on me. I got some things in me that's not like you. So let me, give me some time to work on me. Let me, let me get some time to work on me. Then I get there, but I got to work on me first. And so all of along, his dream is sitting there waiting to be fulfilled. And depending on the timeline, not to scare you, he ain't going to wait on you. Because that's something that God wants to get done this year. If you're not playing ball, if you're not ball, if you're not about it, then he not go sit up there and wait till December 31st and see, all right, do you really want to? Because it's something that I want to get done in March. But you was dragging your feet all the time. So I had to promote somebody else. And so now, don't get mad at them. 
Because now, you know, we see something like, man, I was going to do that. <laughs> Too late. So I want you to remove all of the I was going to do that from your life. I want you to remove all the I thought about that or I was going to do that or I, I was about to do that. I was just talking about that. You was talking about it, somebody else was doing it. You was talking too long. You know, you be waiting on somebody for about five to me. All right, if you, don't, if you don't be here by then, I'm just going to leave you. Because there's a schedule, there's an agenda that has to be met. So I've invited you to go with me. But if you don't want to show up on time and show up dressed, ready to go, I don't have time for you to go back in the house and change. I need you to come ready to go to this place. I need you to come dressed, ready to go, on time. Not on your time, on my time. Because your time will have you sitting there in the parking lot waiting. And you be like, I thought God said this. I thought God... You got to catch the next go round now. You got you to gotta catch the next thing I'm going to do. In that way, but it'd be different. But you have to, I have to try to use you for that. We'll see if you're ready then. Oh my God. <laughs> but now how's your attitude? Are you not, now you mad at God? Because now I done finally fixed myself. I done finally got myself together. I done finally got to the place to where I could trust God enough to go after that thing. But now... Hold on, what's going on? I thought you said this. I did say this. That's exactly what I said. But where, why did you not trust me enough to go along with my plan? Why were you trusting in your strength and your own smarts so much? Why wasn't you trusting in my sovereignty? Why wasn't you trusting in my goodness? Why wasn't you trusting in my grace and my mercy? Why weren't you trusting in as raggedy as you thought you could have been, as long as you love me, as long as you put your trust in me, that I could bring you from that place you was in to the place that I've designed for you to be? Why you felt like you had to get cleaned up before you came? Why didn't you trust me enough to clean, clean you up? That's what I'm here for, baby. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for you. But you got to trust me. You got you to gotta, you gotta believe what I'm telling you. I'm not just telling you something to make you feel good or make, give you lip service, but I'm telling you my exact heart. I'm telling you my exact will. I'm telling you the thing that I want to fulfill here on the earth, and I want to use you to get it done. So I'm not talking about the 2020 you. I'm talking about the right now you. I'm talking about the future you. I'm talking about the right now you. Are you ready? Are you ready to go? 